0: What's going on guys? Just wanted to apologize really quickly. So in the middle of recording this episode, I had a family emergency. Everything is okay now, but you'll notice this episode is a little bit shorter than normal. And towards the end, I kind of zone out and then we ended the show pretty abruptly. So again, just wanted to apologize for that and hope you guys enjoy the show. This is the six man show an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne covering all things Magic basketball by fans for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the six man show. It is August 2nd, 2021. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Luke Sylvia. Luke, how are we doing today? How are we feeling? 72 hours out from the draft.
1: We're, we're two hours removed. Uh, I I feel better than I did that that night. I think um, just as anything, you know, like I've said before, once you when you're a fan of a team and something happens, you know, a, a trade or a draft, you usually can convince yourself everything's going to be all right regardless. But I actually like I'm I am thoroughly convinced um, that the Magic are going to have a very fun young team, league pass team, may not win a ton of games. But I think that, you know, nonetheless, it'll be much better than watching veterans when they win games for us. Um, you know, having these young guys, the, all those wins that happen are all going to be exciting, I think. Especially, you know, the first few with the team. Uh, and hopefully they're able to start strong. And we've got a lot of news and cover here, Jonathan, um, regarding the Magic and what the opening li- lineup will look like.
0: So I wanted to ask you specifically because... Going into draft night, none of us were expecting it to shake out the way that it did. Right. We were all expecting it to be, you know, Jonathan Kaminger or Scotty Barnes at five, mm-hmm. and then after that, we're like, okay, let's get one of these young stud guards, whether it's yeah. Moses Moody or, or James Booknight, whatever the case may be. And then Toronto takes Scotty Barnes at four, really throws a monkey wrench into yeah. into the plans for the evening. Really, honestly, in the best way possible, with us ending up with Jalen Suggs. So I wanted to ask you. 72 hours out now. Do you feel any differently about the picks, whether that be Mm. Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner? Right.
1: Um, Yeah, I, I do. And I think that that comes with anything you have time to sit down and actually process. Like you said. We were wholeheartedly expecting to take a Ford. We were expecting to take a big man, essentially. Um, then on uh, on that day, you know, at the fifth pick, excuse me, and the eighth pick was going to just be a guard, like you said. Uh, in our, in my mind, especially Moses Moody. Heck, Moses Moody could have been a, a fifth pick, in my opinion, and I still think that, uh, regardless of him being picked 14th. So, but but yes, the mindset changed, right? Like you you when you. Pick uh, a guy like Suggs who was a guard, a, a pure guard, and then at the eighth pick, you've been telling yourself that's going to be a guard. It definitely threw me off that we picked a Ford, that we picked Franz Wagner. If you would have told me, hey, at five, the possibility is that you get a guard, then I probably would have been able to prepare myself for drafting a guy like Franz Wagner at eight, because truth be told, you know, having two top ten picks is insane. We've talked about that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous that we got two top ten picks. Thanks, Chicago. And so as a result, you know, I, I it, it's all icing at, on the cake after five. Because, you know, you look at OKC who uh, at six gets Josh Giddy And they're like, that was our best pick. And, like, that was the, 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 the best pick we could have had and then we drafted Josh Giddy and all their fans are just a set. There's nothing to rationalize, whatever. With us, it's like, okay, we got our guy in Jalen Suggs. Everything from there on is icing on the cake, and you got a guy in Franz Wagner who is going to essentially make everyone's life easier. I don't think he'll ever be an all-star i hope i'm wrong i don't think he'll ever be an all-star i think he is always going to be a glue guy he's a great help defender he's going to do all the gritty things he's going to do things so that you know it, it makes everybody's lives easier on the court and that's why i've now convinced myself that that the magic did in fact have a good draft i already knew we had like a good draft but i think i'm i'm almost to the great draft part and i think that a lot of people it's been really cool to see uh all of the podcasts and and tv networks and everything kind of giving the magic their their props and uh like you were saying the other day on twitter it's been a long time coming for us to finally get props and we're finally getting it
0: yeah i think no matter where you go whether it's different news outlets writing you know articles or if it's a podcast or it's you know i was listening to espn radio yesterday and they were talking about the draft the first thing that they said was you know what team had a phenomenal draft the orlando magic and to hear other people say that it's like you're damn right we did. Like <laughs> yeah. finally, like yeah. after every single year, it's we don't know what the Magic are doing. They didn't really care for the the fit. Oh my gosh, they drafted Chumo Kiki. This guy's coming off of a torn ACL. Da 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 da. Cole Anthony, what's going on with Cole? He was supposed to be you know a, a top five pick in this draft, and you know then he gets drafted at 15, and all these yeah. other things. To hear everybody kind of jumping on the bandwagon that now, oh look at the Magic's young core, all these guys that they have. Like it, re- it feels really good to to be able to say that. So, I wanted to say something specifically to Franz Wagner. Franz, mm. I know you're not watching this. You might be. But if you're out there, we're sorry. Okay, <laughs> honestly. Because, look, you you watched the video that we put out and... Jalen Suggs, thank you for, for quote-tweeting that. Uh, we might put that somewhere in this video. Um, but that was incredible to see that. And then just like the YouTube views on that just like exploded. Right. Me, Kevin, and Luke were like, what is happening with this? <laughs> uh, but super grateful for that. Um, but, yeah, Franz Wagner, you look at the reaction inside the Amway Center, everyone's just like, ah, <laughs> like almost like a groan. But the thing was, in my opinion, I don't know if I can speak for you or, or Kevin, My mind was just so blown at Toronto taking Scottie Barnes, us getting Jalen Suggs, because it just didn't seem like a possibility that I didn't really calm down to think, okay, now we actually need to draft a forward because if we draft another guard, what are we going to do with all of these guards? Right Now, we knew about Franz Wagner coming into the draft, you know, we did... Our draft prospect breakdown, we talked about how he was going to be great defensively, um, how he's a lot like Mo. Uh, you know, is it Mo Wagner, his brother, that is, in terms of size. But he moves a whole lot better than his brother does. He's a better shooter than his brother is. He's a better defender than his brother is. Um, I think he has the opportunity to be really good. Um, when we talk about Franz Wagner, John Hammond was on 96.9 The Game in Orlando the other day after the draft and said Franz was going to be the pick at 8 no matter what. So that doesn't matter if it was Scotty Barnes, if it was Jonathan Kaminga at 5, if it was Jalen Suggs at 5. He said Franz was the pick at 8, no matter what, no matter who we took at 5, no matter who was there at 8, Franz Wagner was the pick. To me, that says a lot about Franz Wagner.
1: Yeah, I don't know what anything looked like with him in terms of working out, in terms of interview. Like We know none of that. He must have absolutely just demolished the interview for him to go on record and say he was the pick no matter what. Which also, again, Jonathan, as we've touched on, confirms Jake Fisher's report. The Magic you know, promised him at 8, if you're there, we're taking Which you. Which
0: seemed insane. Oh. But the it, more we hear, it's like, okay, yeah, that was absolutely the case.
1: Right, right. And like we've touched on too, like that we know that they keep stuff under wraps but it doesn't mean they don't promise guys things it doesn't mean that they don't talk to guys and and, and get to know them and build a rapport with them and apparently they built quite their rapport with franz wagner and now at eight you know you get like the guy that i said is going to be the glue guy was what i predict who just kind of keeps everything together uh and does the things to make everyone's
0: life easier yeah just watching some more film on franz last night like he moves really, really well for a guy his size. If you look at him standing next to Jamal Mosley, you know, last season Franz was listed at 6'9". That dude is 6'10", 6'11". That dude might be pretty close to seven foot by now. And the way that he moves on the floor at that size is really impressive. He's got a lot of versatility defensively. When it comes to you know being guarded by other bigs, he's able to put the ball on the floor and doesn't look uncomfortable doing it whatsoever. He's got great passing vision. With every guy that we draft, it sounds like if the three point shot comes around, if he becomes like a thirty38 percent three point shooter, I think he's going to be more than just like a really good glue guy or a, you know a, a okay role player. He's going to be a legitimate player, a really really good player in this league for a long time. Um, I I'm definitely coming around to the pick. We've gotten I don't want to say criticism, but people are like oh man, what about Franz? Like Franz isn't getting love. I'm here to apologize. <laughs> give Franz his roses. The kid is a stud. We trust the front office. Like John Hammond said, he was going to be the pick no matter what. So that goes a long way. So really excited to have both of these guys. Then looking at the press conference from the other day, just a couple of notes that I took here. So Jeff Weltman said, we felt like a lot of things broke our way. So there are some talks about whether or not Scotty Barnes is going to be the pick at five or Jonathan Kaminga, whoever the case may be. But Jeff Weltman seemed really happy with this draft, ending up with Jalen Suggs, ending up with Fra- with Franz Wagner. Jalen Suggs, just a couple of quotes that he was so happy, basically when he found out that Scotty was going to Toronto, Jalen was coming to Orlando. From that moment, some people, you know, you see him with his head down, Right after the the pick is made, I think it was more of an emotional moment. Some people thought it was like a a Zach Levine getting drafted to Minnesota moment where he (laughs) dropped the F-bomb, which I didn't get that vibe whatsoever. Uh, But he said the balls fell the right way. Basically, he ended up with a, a great organization with even better people. So... Jalen seems happy to be here. The kids' smile and energy, really, really infectious. Yeah. And that, you know, he, him and Franz, they both said that they feel like they're going to fit really well into Coach Mosley's, you know, play with pace, play with space, and play with the pass. So, really excited to see those guys. Being excited to be here—that's that's always a, a good thing when guys are happy to be here. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, for sure. And the guys like John and Jeff, you just get the feeling that they do care about the players. You had we had JI on, and he was saying those things as well. You know that you know Jeff gave him a, a call, a, you know, when to let him know that that Vooch was being traded that morning, um, and just to kind of go through it with them basically. So it seems like he, they're super transparent with their guys. They're trying to earn their trust. They they've done cool things for players when they essentially trade them and deal them and let them choose where they want to go basically and make sure everything's cool with them because they don't want to burn any bridges those that's the type of front office i want and i'm thankful that's the type of front office that you know we've got as fans because it seems like they're we never have to worry about them ruffling feathers and, and burning bridges at all and so you know Jalen suggs whereas you know maybe if it was a different team and he hadn't and you know it was a different front office falling to the fifth pick when he was hoping to go top four heck he was projected to go second at one point this year could be make him really bitter and feel really down on himself but uh, it doesn't help ha- you know it doesn't hurt that it's florida that there's you know no state income tax there's vacationing spots a over for there's beaches everywhere too for the off season. not saying that he won't go you know international to go to the beach but um there's a lot of options in florida and on top of that john and jeff are stand-up guys so it seems and uh really i mean you, you heard it after Jalen kind of gave his his part about you know i was happy for scotty all that stuff um and then grateful to be in orlando essentially is what he talked about and then jeff and the mic i'm pretty sure you correct me if i'm wrong said ditto or something to that extent right after he got done speaking which just tells me that they, they've they've built that relationship already and it's being built and they both think the world of each other which is awesome that, that that's kind of the situation that orlando's in
0: yeah, Franz mentioned that he was pretty happy, you know, not to spend too many more winters in Michigan. Mm. And now, you know, both of them are excited about the weather, which is obviously a great thing. But just going back to Jalen Suggs, you know, everybody's so excited about the about the pick. It seems like there's a real, you know, change in the way that people are talking about the team, which is great. There's a like a rejuvenation almost in the fan base, which is incredible to see. You're seeing it no matter where you're, if you're on YouTube talking about the team or in the Facebook groups, on Twitter, on Reddit everybody's super hyped about the pick and just going back and you know watching even more film than I had before on Jalen like the the kid is really really special obviously a lot is going to come down to you know how good is he going to be at creating his own space creating his own shot getting those shots off um, knocking down those shots like obviously he needs to improve a little bit as a three-point shooter but when it comes to like the vision the playmaking, the instincts, the competitiveness, all of that. Like the kid has the it factor and everybody knows what that means. But I'm really, really excited about this. Just seeing the the way that the kid has embraced, you know, the the opportunity and the organization. And and yeah, it's great that he, you know, retweeted our video or whatever, but it's more about what he said. The fact that he can't wait to win with this city. Like that's a really big deal because – you know, we've seen it. I mean, we just saw it with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon didn't want to be here anymore. And when a guy doesn't want to be somewhere that sucks, and to see a guy of this caliber that everybody's so excited about excited to be here is just it's a really awesome thing to see. So earlier in the week, Luke, we had some uh some more staff news, if you will. So friend of the podcast, uh Jake Fisher who has all of a sudden become like an incredible Orlando Magic news source somehow. The yep. kid is just killing it. Jake, if you're listening, just keep up the great work. Um, but we already knew that Nate Tibbetts uh, from Char- uh, excuse me from Portland was going to be joining Jamal Mosley's staff. So Nate Tibbetts was an assistant coach under Mike Brown in Cleveland with Mosley for two years and then spent eight seasons in Portland with Terry Stotts. But Jake Fisher uh, is reporting Becky Bonner, who has been with the Magic since 2017. She worked uh, with the league office for uh, six years in the International Basketball Operations Department. She's been the Director of Player Development and Quality Control with the Magic since 2017. She is joining Jamal Mosley on the bench. That's really, really exciting. Super excited for her. She definitely you know, she deserves um, the opportunity. It's going to be awesome to see her there. And then Dale Osborne and Caleb Canales, Dale Osborne, great last name. Not <laughs> spelled the different. same way, mm-hmm. but but still, it sounds really good. Uh, <laughs> he's been a, an assistant with Portland since 2012 under Stotts there. And then uh, Caleb Canales, he's kind of bounced around the league. He was an assistant with Portland. Uh, then with Dallas, New York, was with Indiana last year. So it seems, Luke, um, like the roster, or not the roster, the the coaching staff is is pretty much done, it seems like, at this point.
1: Yeah, and and thankfully, just in time for uh, summer league to start.
0: When did we say was the date for summer league start? Do we know? I don't have. I I know it's within the next week here. I can go up and pull this. Up oh, okay, on gotcha. Google, but no, no, but no What the, do you think of, of Becky Bonner? You know, being promoted right. to the coaching staff. I mean, yeah.
1: That. I mean, clearly she she's been around with the with Orlando for a bit here now and then finally getting, you know, essentially called up uh, from being, you know, head of the, the, you know, international play, basically. Um, I mean, just shows to to what she's been able to do in Orlando and the impact that she's had. And uh, hopefully now she'll she'll be able to make even greater of an impact being on the bench uh, with Mosley. And uh, who knows, now she gets to start her climb towards becoming a head coach one day too, just kind of like Becky Hammond has uh, been trying to do as well. And so ho- hopefully that all, you know eventually comes to fruition for her, but really excited for her to get that opportunity and glad that the
0: Magic see that she's fit to, to do that with uh, Jamal Mosley and the staff. And Summer League starts on the 8th. So one week from, we're recording this on Sunday night, one week from today so you guys listen to this on monday so this coming sunday is when summer league will start so i don't think we really have too much information on who's going to be coaching um the summer league team just yet um josh robbins reported that cole and rj are both going to be playing at least a few games in summer league chuma okiki um, i don't believe is going to be playing uh summer league Uh, i kind of wanted to see mo bamba in summer league just because that kid really needs to see the floor but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen right. as well, which makes sense. Typically, Summer League, you really just see you know first and, and second-year players. So, I don't know. It would be cool to see Becky uh, coaching the Summer League team. I think it's probably going to be Nate Tibbetts, if I had to guess. Um, but, man, all of a sudden, you look at the Summer League roster, Cole, RJ, Franz, Jalen. Like That team is really going to be a lot of fun to watch. I know people are going to be excited to see that. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick ad break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about whether or not the Magic are experiencing a culture shift right now. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SIXTH. That's code S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. Ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas?
1: Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off
0: when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. Get 20% off and free shipping with code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th, S-I-X-T-H, at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls. well thank you. All right guys, we are back. So Luke, I wanted to ask you, people have been talking about this mostly on Twitter, a little bit on the Orlando Magic subreddit, about this year the, the Magic culture is going to undergo a change. This is my take. When you see a guy like Cole Anthony, and we've all talked like Cole Anthony has that alpha, to him like he has that it factor when you see a guy like Cole Anthony at the draft he's on his Instagram story as the pick is being made instantly cheering on Jalen Suggs cheering on Franz Wagner you always see him you know whenever a a player a teammate has a good game he's sharing like the highlights to his Instagram story constantly like shouting out his guys and cheering them on I feel like the magic I feel like the, the culture's already changed If we talk about the last few years with Evan and Vooch and Aaron Gordon and some of these other guys, it's just such a different feel around the team already. You saw Mo last night, you know, he did a photo dump on Instagram and there's a photo of RJ in there and him and RJ are going back and forth, you know, know, on Instagram. There's a video of Mo you know, basically he's like yelling at Markell in the weight room Mm. to get lower as he's doing like his one leg squats. (laughs) Like stuff like that for years. I've looked across the league, especially, you know, a few years back with a few years back with the the Kenny Atkinson Nets. And you saw all those guys like D'Angelo Russell and Theo Pinson, Jared Dudley like dancing, doing the little jig on the sideline during games. And I've been like Why don't our teams have that? We used to have that a little bit with like Victor Oladipo, Mo Harkless, Kylo Quinn, Tobias Harris back in the day, but we really haven't had that in so long. And I feel like now we really have, you know, mostly a roster of these young guys. Everybody seems to really like each other. They're all getting along. I think Mosley is really only going to feed into that. There's Mm -hmm. going to be excitement around the team this year with J.I. coming back and and Markel and Jalen Suggs and everything. So I'm ranting. Do you feel like there's been a culture shift, or, or do, are you not quite there yet?
1: Yeah, no. Uh, if it's not here yet, it's it's definitely coming, in my opinion. And I think uh, Philip Rossman Reich of Orlando Magic Daily actually put out an article four years ago uh, in May uh, and said his headline of it was, Jeff, Wel- Jeff Weltman's first task is to rebuild the Orlando Magic's culture at all levels. And he goes on to say that the Magic's problem wasn't talent, like wasn't collecting talent. It was all about the culture and the chemistry that was built in Orlando just not being where it needs to be. And I think that now we're really seeing the page gets turned, obviously, with Fournier and Vooch and AG being out the door now. There's a lot there's going to be a lot of changes made around, you know, in the organization. And I think it does start with the culture. I think it starts with a bunch of young guys who are hungry to win a bunch of young guys who are good friends. And it seems like that's the case. And they'd feel like the guys that aren't going to just push people away, like push players away. Nobody's going to push Franz Wagner away from, you know, becoming close with them in any respect. They all seem like they're genuinely good guys and they're going to welcome everybody into that culture together and understand, Hey, if we want to win, we're going to need to get along and we're going to need to have chemistry that is through the roof and being so young odds are stacked against us we need to really create this chemistry and get things going so i do think that there is a culture shift that is happening the shift has started but the shift is not you know the, the culture is not established to where it needs to be yet and that's obviously uh, just because we're so early in this process of you know essentially having the youngest team in the nba what was it? We got like 11 guys under 25. So these guys just need to uh, continue to build that culture, continue to build relationships. I hope that they hang out outside of, of practice. I, I hope they you know hang out outside of games. I hope they eat dinner, You know, have team dinners all the time when they're on the road. All of that stuff, the stuff that we can't see is most important to this organization and to the success of the franchise.
0: I think obviously you know it starts with the front office but you know they had a mandate when they first got here to make the playoffs so they went out and they hired steve clifford something that steve clifford said uh, towards the end of last season really really stuck with me when i uh, was asked about like the culture of the team mm. and he said it, that doesn't matter he's like winning matters mm. if you start to win it's like it doesn't matter if everybody likes each other if they go out to dinner he's like i've been on great teams and they couldn't stand each other Probably mm-hmm. talking about you know the like the 2009 2010 Orlando Magic as you know that that culture started to deteriorate a little bit longer down the road, but yeah when we talk about you know Jonathan Isaac 24, Markel Fultz 23, Mo Bamba 23, Chuma Okiki 22, Wendell Carter Jr. 22, Cole Anthony 21, RJ Jalen 20, Franz Wagner 19 years old like. This is a really really young team. I didn't mention Mo, I didn't mention Ignis Bresdakis. We don't know if those guys are coming back. Um, like you said, you know, those are 11 guys under 25 including those two. But Mo I, Wagner, Yeah, I right. mean? Mo Wagner. Yep, yeah. Okay. I just, I, just, I mentioned Mo Bamba. But yeah. Vic, just, just Vic clarifying. Wagner. I yes. guess I should just clarify. Just clarifying for, for the listeners for the folks out there. Yeah. Right. But yeah, you're probably right. The the culture isn't where it needs to be right now, but I think Again, it starts at the top, but yeah. then the change going from Steve Clifford to Jamal Mosley, who mm. obviously we've seen it with Luka, much better with younger players than Steve yeah. Clifford probably was. Um, and I just, again, you see these guys, at least a few of them, hanging out together. Seems like they really enjoy, you know hanging out with each other so
1: well really really encouraging the the last thing i want to say about it jonathan is that uh when i was at the orlando magic uk draft watch party the other night and dan savage came in and uh and answered some questions somebody somebody i don't remember who was said basically is mo bamba is he getting traded or what like what are we doing with him And, and dan said and had i mean a great answer and it was the right answer was i don't think that it's really in the cards right now solely because jamal mosley comes in what's the first video we see surface it's him working with mo in the gym like if if jamal mosley is already building rapport with, with mo bamba and he really enjoys him and thinks that he can become something and he tells the guys in the front office you know just give me give me give me a season give me just give me time with mo bamba and and if he's not good then you know if it doesn't pan out then we can explore it but I, I really you know believe in this guy if that is the conversation that's happening and obviously guys that's all assumptive that's not at all that that may not be what's happening at all but just based on the first thing that we see of Jamal Mosley that surfaces is a video of him in the post with Mo Bamba and just working with him you know it, it does say a lot so I think you know Mo Bamba is, is here to stay for a little bit here um, and it does have a lot to do with Jamal Mosley and I, I would assume, and kind of the belief that he may be having and growing in Mo Bamba as well.
0: So Luke, we talked a little bit about Markell. Uh, we mm. talked about John Hammond being on 969 the game the other day with, with Brandon Kravitz. Yeah When asked about Markel Fultz and you know, kind of an update on his ACL rehab, John Hammond I kind of tweeted this out after the fact, but John Hammond kind of broke magic Twitter. Uh, because John Hammond yeah. said that right now, the organization's hope, is, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the organization's hope is that Markel is going to be back at the start of the season, if not shortly thereafter. Markel Fultz tore his ACL in the beginning of July. ACL rehab January. typically is anywhere... Did I, What did I say? July. February? Ju- July. No, not the beginning the, of July. The J word. January. Yeah. Right. The J word. Correct. So... Again, ACL, 9 to 12 months. That's going to put him right at about 9, 10 months there in the middle of October when the season is slated to start. People, understandably so, are concerned about this. When you look at what happened to Jonathan Isaac, was injured 2020, New Year's Day, comes back in July in the bubble, tears his ACL in the beginning of August of last year. So people are a little bit concerned about whether or not the Magic are going to rush Markell back, um, I would hope that this isn't an organization that is going to be pushing a guy like that back really, really quickly. Um, but but what do you think? Are you excited about that? Are you concerned? I mean, you got to think these are guys that that
1: seemingly are very thorough. Though the front office, they also want to gain players' trust and continue to do so. You don't gain a player's trust by rushing them back on the court. And risking an injury of any sort, regardless of if it's related, you want to make sure that they're at a hundred percent. Because I'm telling you, if you put Markel Fultz back in the starting lineup on opening night, and God forbid something happens to Markel Fultz, then you know Markel Fultz could be pointing a finger at, at you know the, the training staff and being like, "Why am I out? Why you guys said I was good? I'm clearly I'm not good." so I think that they wouldn't be putting him out there Hammond definitely with how secretive this organization is he's not saying that unless unless he is positive that that means Markel could be to the point of return by the beginning of the season which is really exciting which means that the Magic won't be as you know, won't be taking hopefully as many losses near the beginning of the season while they're building that chemistry and thankfully they're going to get a lot of that in summer league. But then you're going to put other pieces in there like Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. and, and Jonathan Isaac. You're going to, you know, you know, put them together at the start of the season. And if you have Markel Fultz that brings continuity uh, that, that brings that level up for sure. And will allow them to uh, hopefully have a good start to the year. I think it just means all good things. There is not really a negative that I'm thinking about, besides the you know maybe the pessimist in me that's saying, oh man, I hope they're not putting him out too early, which is a valid concern. But with this front office, man, I'm just not concerned about that at all. And like I've said many times, until this front office burns me, I'm not gonna have, lose any trust in them. And I fully trust them. And they care about these guys way more than I do. Their jobs are on the line. So if they think he's ready. They're going to put
0: them out not too late, not too early, right on time. Absolutely, Luke. I'm right there with you. Hopefully, we'll get Markel and J.I. back at the start of the season. Man, and it will be a very exciting season. But, Luke, you got anything else here for me, brother?
1: I don't think so. Uh, just thank you guys for the support that we've had. You know, this last week has been insane. We had a really good week for the podcast. You know, back when we had Ji on a few weeks ago, um, and just seems like you guys are continuing that support for us. We love what we do. You guys, you know, make us you know want to be recording uh, every week, weekend and week out, and know that it'll be worth it uh, for us to, to put in all this work and to get these episodes out to you guys.
0: Really do appreciate you guys really more than we can say. Absolutely, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for Luke. This has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review, it would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic.